Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. We are kicking off our Welcome Home series. How many of you guys like Christmas season? Yeah? Yeah, three people in here. I like Christmas. This is our Welcome Home series. Don't forget, December 19th, you have an invite on your seat for Christmas Spectacular. There's two night services, a five and a seven, a five and a, not, a five and a seven, two night services that we'll be having on December 19th. We won't have morning services, we'll have night services. We got a special presentation of the gospel to be able to share with you December 19th. That, night, that invite isn't supposed to stay on your seat. Put it in your car, give it to someone. If you want more, you got it. just ask the host team. They'll be able to hook you up. They got plenty to go around because we believe that God is going to reach the city this December 19th. So don't just let it sit in your pocket. Don't just let it stay under your seat, but use it. You never know. That little piece of paper could change someone's life. How simple is that? Change someone's life. So use it. Invite someone to church December 19th. We're starting off our Welcome Home Christmas series. How many of you guys excited for the Word of God this morning? Amen. Amen. I'm excited to share with you. Got a great word uh, to be able to impart into you today. And uh, I know, as God's word says, it will not return to him void. And uh, I believe that today. So if you have hearts open to, to receive what God has for you, ears open to hear, and eyes open to see, I believe that you'll see what God is speaking today. But if you have your Bible, how about you open up to our first verse that we're going to be reading out of today, and that's John chapter 13. Let me see if you have your Bible today. Let's lift it up in the air. If you're on your phone, there you go. There you go, perfect. Bring your, bring your Bible, open it up to John chapter 13. Bring your Bible to church. It's important to read your Bible. I don't, I, don't, I don't read it so that my family can see it, but to an extent, it is good for your family to see it. As a father, as a mother, even as a child. Now, you don't read it so that people can see it. You don't do that. But understand that you're transforming an atmosphere in your home, in your school. I remember I used to bring my Bible to high school and uh, Kelly was sitting next to me uh, in computer applications class. She goes, what are you doing? Oh, I'm reading my Bible. I got a Bible reading plan. We're all supposed to be playing video games. Yeah, but I got a mission. So you never know what God is going to be planting into your life when you read the word. The word that he plants today could be the strength that you need to carry you through tomorrow. And if you miss a day, that's okay. That's okay, read, read two minutes, read a verse a day, read a chapter a day, whatever it is. If you miss a day, that's okay. Just don't miss today. So today you're gonna to be able to receive from John chapter 13, verse 34 in our Welcome Here's Home series. These are the words of Jesus. You know how we know they're words of Jesus? Because they're in the color red. It must be a lame joke, people don't get it anymore. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And he just says that he's gonna be going to the cross. And he leaves them with this new command. He says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We wanna know how we're gonna reach the world? It's this verse right here. You want to know how you're going to change your friends' lives? It's this verse right here. How can it be that sometimes in the church we have more conflict and division within the church when we're supposed to be an example through this verse? 
By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. This is a missional statement that Jesus is pronouncing over the church. And if you're taking notes in here, how many of you guys are taking notes? If you've got notebooks, lift it up. Let me see it. It's on your phone. That's fine. Is he going to just have us keep putting our stuff in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to see. I'm looking for participation. If you're taking notes, write down this. This is what we're going to be calling this message, this title, Far From Home. The spirit of Spider-Man coming out. We're going to call it after it's prequel, Far From Home. It'll make sense towards the end of the message. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. It is true. It's sharper than a double-edged sword divide bone and marrow. So right now, God, we pray that your presence would be here. We know you're here. God, help us to see you. Open our eyes to see you. Open our ears to hear you. God, I pray that you would anoint the words of my lips, that you would help me preach a thousand messages. You alone knows what every single person is going through. You alone knows. And your word says to cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. And I pray that you will see God's goodness by the time this message completes, I pray that whatever you came in here with would be lifted off in Jesus' name. Every burden, every difficulty, every trial, every depression, every burden that you've been carrying would be broken in Jesus' name. And that the joy of the Lord would be your strength. I speak that over you in Jesus' mighty name. Just right now, church, lift up your hands, open your hands, and say these words after me. Say it with some boldness. Say it with some conviction. Say it like you're hungry. Say these words. Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together for the word of God this morning. It's going to be a great day. It's going to be a great Christmas season. I mean, last year we were all, I mean, depends on how well you listen to rules. I mean, locked up. Some people were just like, I mean, just continued their life as normal. That was me. But this year, we get to celebrate. Last year, we got to celebrate too. But I'm not going to get into all that. It's going to be a great Christmas. And I, and I love Christmas. You know what? I love, what I love most about Christmas, though, is uh, I, love, I love being home. I love being home. I love waking up. And I just feel like I don't even ever need to. Ch- There's no expectations for you to check your phone on Christmas. There's no expectation for you to see what's going on in the world. You just kind of leave your phone in your room, and you get up, and what's the first thing the kids want to do? Open the presents. What's the first thing the adults want to do? Get the coffee or give the presents to the kids, you know. My family always had this tradition where we would, uh, uh, so now that I'm out of the house, my mom's missing that. Man, we wake up, and it was just, it was just them two that would wake up. And I'm like, we got to have the kids over. Or do something. So now every Christmas Eve or, or when we celebrate Christmas, so now we kind of retract it and we're doing it on the weekends because, you know, family's hard. And we have different holidays that we all celebrate. And so we would stay in the night and we'd all wake up together as one big family. So we go to sleep. We have a big meal. Sometimes we open a present on Christmas Eve. And then we all wake up as one big family and we open a present. And I love the fact that family means that we're home. And that it doesn't matter if I'm at my house or if I'm at uh, my parents' house, or if I'm at a friend's house, I know where home is because that's where my family is. And so it doesn't matter where you are. If your family no longer went to that house, 
then it would cease to be home to you. It's felt like home because it has in, your family has integrated, and now every time you come home, you want to kick off your shoes, throw them against the wall, or if you don't take off your shoes, that's fine. Now, if you're home, you always have like comfy attire. Depends on what you wear for work. Some people just wear jeans all the time, and so they relax in jeans. You know, Pastor Clyde was one of them. He would come, he, he would come over to the house, and I would be in my sweatpants in like a sweatshirt, and I'm just like, bro, I'm comfy. Are you comfy? And you're like, yeah. How can you be comfy? You're in jeans. And then I realized that if I just bought a nice pair of jeans, then I would be comfy. But he was comfy in someone else's home because home isn't a location. It's a people. Let me ask you, what comes to your mind when you think of home? What comes to your mind? Now, depending on your upbringing, this is a very sensitive topic. Depending on your background, your life story, this can be a very touchy topic. Even depending on right now where you are in your life, whether it be your marriage, in your parenting, wherever you are in your life, this could also be a pretty sensitive topic. What comes to your mind when you think of home? Now, we know what we're supposed to think. Home is supposed to be a place where I can kick off my shoes, where I can wear jeans and lie on the couch. Home is supposed to be a place where I can relax, where all the guards, all the guards are down, where I can laugh, I can cry, I can hang out, I can be myself. Because we all know what it's like when we're putting on a front. We all know who our real self is. And that's what I love about home is that when you step into home, you can feel at home because you're surrounded by people that you love and that you know love you. This love that Jesus is talking about, that you will know you are my disciples by your love for one another. Can we pull that, that back up right here? John 13, 34. This is a new command God has given you, that you love one another as I have loved you. As I have loved you. Right before this, Jesus gets, uh, the, the, the devil enters Judas and he betrays Jesus and he's going to betray Jesus. Right after this, Jesus mentions to Peter that he's going to deny him three times. So this love is not contingent upon anyone's action. It is a preconceived choice. He's saying, as I have loved you, by this everyone will know that you are to my disciples if you love one another. Jesus is not saying this is any kind of contingency. Well, if you do this, then I will love you. My kids, man, I love my kids so much. And what is it about a dad that just wants to provide whatever your kids ask? We were shopping the other day, and Kelly asked me that question. What is it about the kids that as much as they ask, and they'll ask 10, 15, 20, 30 times, all I know is little Nora, she's, she's going to be 3 January 12th. She's going to be a prayer because she knows how to keep on knocking. She'll know just to keep asking. And I'm trying to develop her as a, as a daughter and to say, you know what? You need to stop asking. And then the Holy Spirit's like, so what are you teaching her? Stop praying? I'm like, ah. But yeah. God, ah. God, God, God. <laughs> <laughs> but I love my kids. But the world has a tendency to I love them no matter what they'll do to me. Winston can stab me in the eye because he's playing with me. And it was an accident. I also love him. 
But there's, there's a different type of, of love within the world right now that our love is contingent. That we only love those who are good to us. And so Jesus is saying, as I have loved you, as I have loved you. Now, some of us may know what Jesus did on the cross, but his disciples didn't know that yet. So being able to know in advance my choice that I'm going to make when I choose to love someone, regardless of an action, keeps me from, being, from wavering when the action is placed, from denying my love that I have placed in them. So I love not based off of your action towards me. I love not based off of what I can expect from you. I love because it's something that I can give because I know how much I am loved. If my love is contingent upon someone that can give me, then it's only as shallow as that person is. And what kind of love is that? That's not true love. That's not deep love. Deep love is a choice. That's regardless of what anyone does. He says, love them as I have loved you. He's not talking about your spouse. He's talking about the church. He's talking about the people in the church. And this is how they will know that you are my disciples, by your love for one another. And we need to define this love. Because if we don't have any definition, we lose distinction. This love is not a permissive, passive love. Because how many know, I can, I'll tell my kids not to do something. I'll tell them, I'll, sometimes I'll get really stern with them. And if you're around me enough, you'll see. But how many know, if you see your kid running down the street, how many parents are going to yell at the top of their lungs, stop! Sorry if I, <laughs> I mean, true, right? Especially if you see a car. You'd be yelling at the top of your lungs. I didn't know I could yell that loud. I didn't know, you know, I'm usually a pretty graceful dad and I get down and I'm just talking to them. But if I see them run out in that street, there's a side of me that a lot of you don't see. Because this is endangering them. But just because I'm calling at them and telling them not to do something doesn't mean that I don't love them. But the world interprets confrontation, confrontation as not being love, loving. So in the church, there's a level of just because I'm saying that you're not doing something right doesn't mean that I don't love you. Actually, the very fact that I am saying something to you means that I love you. Because fake love is passive. And it just tries to get a result out of someone, never wants to help transform someone, doesn't ever want to implant seed into someone, doesn't want to ever develop someone. Because the moment they have something that they can't give me, because... Fake love is contingent upon what they can give you. Real love says, if you don't give me a single thing, I'm still going to pour out my love towards you. And I want to be able to, to, to talk about how Jesus is our example. And if we're going to define what this love is, we got to look at how Jesus is our example. We can't look at the world because the world's going on, oh, love is love. We'll just go and we love everyone. We'll love thy neighbor. Love thy neighbor. Love the person next to you. I understand that. But sometimes love is confrontational. Sometimes love gets in your face. Because I care. Now, that doesn't mean I just go around and, and disguise it as, man, why are you yelling at me? Well, I love you just so much. Yeah, I don't really know if that's true. You can confront in a loving way. You don't have to raise your voice. You don't have to get angry. You don't even have to talk about the person. So when you're confronting someone, you don't always confront them. You confront the thing. You confront the behavior. You confront the thing going on. And you try to say, hey, I want us to move forward. But until we talk about this, 
it's going to be a battle. So let's talk about this. Let's resolve through this, and then we can move forward. I want to ask us today, do we look like Jesus? Jesus is our example. Do our, does, our, does our vernacular look like Jesus? Does our politics look like Jesus? The, the conversations that we have with one another, are they tearing down someone who's made in the image of God? Because I understand, I understand we all see the world a different way, but that doesn't mean that I need to tear down part of God's creation. I understand that we all, now we can have a conversation. I love conversations. And if I'm having a conversation, that's because I care. If I'm having a conversation, that means I love you. Does our entertainment match Jesus' example? Am I letting Jesus transform my life? Is there any part of my life that's off limits to God? Is there any part of my life, yeah, God, I know that, but I just love watching CNN. And you wonder why you're so frustrated all the time. Because what are you taking in? Division, frustration. Well, I'm just on social media all the time. Well, what are you taking in? What you keep taking in. If you want to be like Jesus, you have to get in his word. So if you keep on taking this stuff in, you take CNN in, you take MSNBC, you take Fox News in, you take all this world, all the, oh, we got another variant. We got to shut the world down. We all got to hide again. Don't get me wrong. You do what you need to do for your health. But don't let the world control what you're believing. You got to get in the word. If you ever feel like there's a heavy burden on you, you got to get in the word. This is how Jesus lifts it off. Is there a part of your life that Jesus is, does not have limits to? Is there a part of your life that's off limits to Jesus? When Jesus says something, do you hear it or are you on to the next thing? Do you hear it and actually take it in or are you on to the next thing? That's what Peter did right after Jesus said this. He says, yo, Peter, I'm going to give you a new command. And you think Peter would be on the edge of the seats. All right, let's see what this new command is. You know, because they know the old command. You know, Ten Commandments. They know what the old command. And Jesus, the Messiah, the Word of God, in life, in flesh, word coming from his mouth saying, I'm going to give you a new command. Love thy neighbor. He's saying, love that I love you. And this is how the world will you know by, are my disciples, by your love for one another. The next verse, what Peter says. What does Peter say? Simon Peter asks, Lord, where are you going? Completely ignored what Jesus said. Talked about a few verses earlier when Jesus says, I'm going to be going, and where I go, you cannot come. But now I give you a new command. He just goes, yo, Lord, where are you going? Don't get so focused on what, where God is going that you miss what he is doing. Don't get so focused on where the church is going because the church will only go as far as you are transformed. Don't get so confused. Well, man, we want to reach this world, right? You want to reach your, your coworkers? You pray for them. He's saying the best way to reach them, that the world will know you are my disciples, and that best witness is your love for one another. Our love for one another. And Peter's getting all excited about the mission, where God's going. He says, God's where are you going? And he completely overlooks what Jesus speaks to him. Now, this is how I look at it, is God has set us free. He has saved us. But is there a part of our, limit, our lives that are off limits to God? And I would write this down. If you're taking notes, write this down. That it would be criminal to allow Jesus to change your eternity, but not let him change your mentality. Yeah. 
to let him change your eternity, but not let him change your mentality. I know people that are saved, but they're still mean. I know people that profess Jesus, but they're still hurtful. I know that they profess Jesus and they still cuss. Now, don't get me wrong. I let my tongue slip. Oh, was I supposed to say that? I'm a pastor. I'm a human. I'm a human. I have things that I fall short all the time. I hope that makes you feel a little bit better about yourself. But I know people that have encountered Jesus and they let him change their eternity, but they're not letting him touch stuff here on earth. The Holy Spirit wants to grow our underdeveloped lives. I said this last week, God wants to use you mid-process. Don't have to feel like you have it all figured out. Don't think, well, one day when, then I'll have my life all together. I can actually be used for God's kingdom. God can use you right here, right now. Don't let what happened yesterday disqualify you. Don't let what happened today disqualify you. Holy Spirit wants to use you right now. Today, today, we have stuff to truck. Some of us, I was mentioning my city, you, and you're like, man, well, if that's for the people that have their lives together. God can use a broken vessel. And all those little cracks in it are just the way that he helps let the light shine through. God can use you wherever you're at. Be comfortable with being used mid-process, mid-development. I want to carry this love, this love that we have for the church. He says, this is how they'll know you are my disciples, by your love for one another. And Paul, what he does, the apostle Paul, is he kind of unravels this thought because all he's doing is just talking about who Jesus is. And so in the book of Galatians chapter 6, he's unraveling this a little bit more about the church and our love for one another. And it's Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. He says these words. He says, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks that there's something when they're not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. And this is what I really want to hit on is, for each one should carry their own load. Carry each other's burdens, for each one should carry their own load. The burden versus a load. A burden is something that you can't carry, an unexpected thing that is coming against you, a family member dying, uh, something happening in your health. That is a burden. And as the body of Christ, we're called to carry each other's burdens. There's a certain level of temptation, a certain level of difficulty that we cannot go through on our own. And as the body of Christ, Paul is saying that we are called to carry each other's burdens so that each one can carry their own load. Their own load is their calling, their purpose, what God has placed on their life. Those are things that they can control. Sometimes things come against them that they can't. How many of you guys ever had some things come against you that you feel like you're overwhelmed by? Yeah? Okay, about nine people in here being real. I mean, how many of you guys have had something come against you that you just felt like, man, I'm overwhelmed by this? Whether it be personal relationships, your work, your friends, your finances, your health, your mental state. Man, your mental state, your mental state can be your worst enemy. It's a dangerous place when my head gets in my head. Yeah, I don't know if you want to be around. I mean, I, I'll, I, I am the worst self-talker. I'll go around and I'll beat myself up time and time again. If I'm alone, I know sometimes when I got to get out of my head. And that's where I got these, the, I'll throw in some music and I'll listen to some prayer music because if I let myself keep going down that trail, it'll start to transform my identity. 
And I got to learn not to stop speaking out of what I feel that I am, but whose I am and what he has spoken over me. So I can be my own worst enemy. So that's a burden that I need to be able to have someone else carry, help them, hey, hey, I really need some help with this. How do you talk about yourself? But that's just an example of a burden. We all have different burdens in here. Some are health, some are family related, some we're taking care of our, 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 our parents in their old age. That's a heavy burden. That can be difficult. And as a church, we're called to help each other in this. He says, this is how you'll know. And it's more than just a Sunday. It's more than just a Sunday coming up. Yo, bro, what's up, man? Welcome to my city. Good seeing you, bro. Hey, oh, tooth to the mic. Hey, how you doing? Good? Yeah, me too. See you later. Man, I just, I'm defeated in my life. I just can't be real. I just have a tough time talking to people. I just feel like I don't belong. He just called me bro, but we all know we just, bros call bros, you know, we just, we throw that around everywhere. It's more than just a Sunday. It's the Monday, it's the Tuesday, it's the Wednesday. That means you got someone graduating. Hey, you know what? As your church, we're celebrating with you. You got someone reaching a high achievement. Yo, I just started a business. As your church, we are celebrating with you. We got someone that's going through a difficult time. We got someone that is going through a health problem that is in the hospital. You know what? As your church, it would be stupid of us as our church to say, you know what? I just hope you get better. Hey, when can you come back to church on Sunday? But you never reach out when they're in the hospital. But you never text them. You never give them a phone call. Oh, but when we're in church on Sunday, yo, dog, what's up, Jim? Hey, so good seeing you. Oh, wow, you're having some health problems. I'm not saying this is the case. This is just hypothetical. Oh, you're having some, oh, here, let me pray for you real quick. All right, hey, if you ever need anything, you let me know. Jim texts me, Jim calls me. Oh, I'm just too busy. I, I'll get back to him when I can. So I'm not giving an example to the world by my false love for my neighbor. How many of you guys have someone that you, you want to see know Christ? in here that you know like hey this is the friend that I want to see come to Christ absolutely I'm going to you want to see them profess Jesus as Lord you want to see them in eternal life in heaven one day this write this down sometimes and more often than not it will take a demonstration before there is a revelation it will take a demonstration in their life before there is a revelation and that demonstration happens through action not through words don't talk about it be about it we could talk until we're blue in the face how much we love God. Our actions don't line it up. I'd question. He says, I will show you my faith by what I do. James says that, not by what I say. And as our church, we see someone with a burden, we see someone with a sickness, or we see someone with a difficulty, our role is to be able to carry others' burdens. And this is why so many people can go into church and be like, ah, you know what? Just the word the, the pastor's preaching, it just doesn't hit as right like it used to. I just need to go find another church. Or man, the worship just isn't the same, you know, it's just the presence or some. there's just something, I'm just gonna go find another church. And the reason why we are walled up and we cannot receive is because we never have given. And the reason why we are going around seeking different areas, different churches, and we're going out just looking for our fill, and God's saying, if you would just look to fill a need, if you would look to just pour out yourself, watch how I can fill you. 
Watch how I can help you because this is what you do. When I go and take someone's burden, I'm going talking to him. He's really telling me about what's going on. You know, not just in, at church on Sunday, but I meet with him throughout the week. And I'm making time in my schedule to meet with you throughout the week. And you're actually pouring your heart and we're pouring your heart on me. That becomes a burden on me. But I'm picking it up off of you. But you know what? I'm doing good. So, bro, I can carry that. I can carry that. And you know, I know what to do with it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and I'm going to go lay it at Jesus' feet so that I can get fresh life. And if you don't feel like you have fresh life, you gotta be able to take a need from someone else, bring it to God, and lay it at his feet. This is what we're doing in the body of Christ. We're going to each and every person in this room. How are you doing? You know what, let me take that need. I know it's difficult, and I'm not saying this is gonna change your life and transform your life, but let me, you're not carrying it alone. And you know what? I'm going to call you or I'm going to text you. And I'm not just going to say that. I'm actually going to do it. So you have two options. You can let that burden overwhelm you and then you feel weighed down. Or you can let that burden drive you to the cross. Lay it at his feet so that you can get fresh life. Because if you're not carrying someone's burden, you don't have anything to bring to Jesus. You're just getting filled up, filled up, filled up, filled up. God says, you know what, I'm giving you this, but you're not doing anything with it. So until you learn to pour out a little bit, I can fill you up more so I can give you fresh life. And this is what I want to speak to you, 1 Corinthians 12, that Paul keeps going he, in, the, in the book of Corinthians. He talks about this love for one another. He said, so that there will be no division in the body. So he's talking about division within the church. But that his part should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part honors, every part rejoices with it. One part suffers, the whole body. Does it move your heart when you hear something bad happen in the church? One person goes to prison, we're all gonna be there waiting for them to get out. One person has a miscarriage, we're all gonna be there visiting them. When you hear about stuff, do you think of it as their problem or our problem? This is our problem. When there's something coming up within the church, this is our problem to solve. I don't look at it as, well, this is just your deal. Oh, you know what, good luck. Hey, see you on Sunday when you can. This is our problem. Because when one part suffers, you don't realize it, but you're also suffering. And as a church, I feel like we can be the worst model of this. And what does it say to the world that if we can't even take care of the people within the church, what does it say to the world about Jesus? See, in this world, there's a bunch of lonely people. And there, in this church, there's also people that are lonely. And this shouldn't be. It should not be. Look at the person next to you. This may get you a whole lot of trouble or not. <laughs> In a Christ way, say, I love you. Now, depending on where you're at and who you're sitting next to, that could have been like, I've been waiting for those words my whole life. <laughs> so sorry if, if I threw you up in that. My pastor told me to. But see, I can... 
See, I can come to church on a Sunday and I can, I can find a seat over here. Thank you, thank you. I can just find a seat sitting here. And this is a lot of us surrounded by people, lonely. And we don't really know what to do with this and we can sing praises and we can sing songs. As a church, it breaks my heart that this is the example that we give to the world. And I'm trying to be better at this. And I pray that as your pastor, guys, that there's grace. Because I'm trying to be better at this. And there's a level of everyone should be trying to get better at this. Of that love for one another. Where when I see you, I'm not just casually saying hi. But I'm actually caring. Because there's everyone in here, you've all sat in this seat. And depending on your, your psychological level, what you're thinking of, you can be surrounded by people but still feel alone. It should not be that way in this church. And this is what I know about, about, about love is I, I can come into church and I can just try to receive, receive, receive. Church is not a restaurant. Church is a home. There's something different about a home. You care for a home. The reason why it feels like home is because you care for it. The reason why it feels like home is because you're not just there. You know what, if we treat church as a restaurant, I order my meal, I take and eat, I take a bite, I eat it. Hey, yeah, that was good, let me leave a tip. Some of y'all don't tip. Just a joke. But I go and I just receive, I receive, I receive. It will never feel like home. Because home is in a place where you just take and eat. They call that a restaurant. But when I'm going to home, I see something on the floor, I pick it up. You know what, I see, I see a, a family member who's sad. I talk to them. I see someone who's carrying a burden. I go and lift it up. I'm trying to show this model of Christ, of this love for one another that I have a love for someone that's beyond words and it's not contingent upon what they can do for me. And so I had you guys look to your right and to your left and say these words, I love you, in a Christ way. But let it not be words. Let it be action. Let it be something like, hey, I love you. Hey, what are you doing for Christmas? What are you doing for Christmas? Because if we're really gonna call this home, Home is where family is. And no one should be celebrating Christmas alone. So now I'd love to just be like, y'all come over to my house. I think there's something deeper than that. So in your conversations, when you're asking people how they're doing, don't be passively. Actually ask them. And don't promise something that you know you will not deliver. I want to share just, this is a, might be the last verse. We might go a little bit further. It's a, and you can stand to your feet. Paul kept going on this. He said, so that no one would suffer. And he, he talked about that so that there would be no division in the body. And then he shows us in each, in a, in a greater way. And this is that type of love. And this is where I can feel the Holy Spirit all over this verse. And we've heard it before. We've seen it on poems. We've seen it in wedding ceremonies. And I think if we take it really within the context, it's talking about the unification of the body of Christ. And it says these words, it says, love is patient. 
Love is kind, does not envy, it's not looking at what everyone else has, it doesn't boast, it's not proud, it doesn't dishonor others. Who all dishonors people to their face? Some of us are bold enough to be able to do that. Most of it's through gossip and how I'm talking about someone. That's not love. Love doesn't dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. I just wish people would see me. So I come into the house and I just wish people would see me. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. This is one I need to work on. Keeps no record of wrongs. So when I get punched in the face by Winston, it's okay. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes. It always perseveres. This is that love that Paul is talking about, that Jesus is talking about, that says, you'll know my, you are my disciples by your love for one another. Does that look like our church? It will. It will, each and every day we choose. Because this is what I know, that if we don't choose this, if we don't choose, because home is where people love each other. It's not a building, it's a people. We could meet in the Ralston Arena, we could meet at HQ, we could pop up a revival tent in the parking lot. Is it still the house of God? Yes, because it's the people of God. Well, I found in order to feel like home, because you can be in the middle of a crowd and still feel like you're at a place but still feel far from home. And we've all been there at one point where I felt like this isn't my home. And what I've known is how to make it feel like home is you start to add value to people. You start to care for people. I start to care for my wife. I start to care for my kids. I start to care for my friends. I start to care for the people that I see, whether I see them each and every week, I see them once in a month. I'm not just carrying shallow words, hey, I love you, bro, I'm so glad seeing you. I mean, I actually care and I actually see you. So I go out of my way when I see you, I try to say hi, because I'm so glad to see you, because you made the best decision of your day today to come into church. In order for Phil to be like home, even this Christmas, and this is what I, I want our church, if we're gonna be a light to this city, get this right. Get this right. The Bible says that if you're going to make your offering before the Lord and you realize that your brother has something against you, what do you do? It says, leave your offering. Jesus is saying, I'm good. What about you? Go and talk to that person. Go and work it out. Let there be no division within the body. You going and talking to that person could be an answer to Jesus' prayer that they would be one as him and the Father are one. So even as I'm talking, you're thinking of things that are coming up in your head. And some of you guys, it, it's gonna take a phone call or a text because they're halfway across the country. Some of you guys, it's gonna take some reaching out. Some of you guys, it's simple as walking over to another aisle and having a conversation. I says, don't let it just keep sleeping on it. You have an opportunity to give. 
you have an opportunity to give. And sometimes it's not comfortable and giving's not always comfortable, but it's necessary for it to feel like home. I hope you guys are catching this, what I, I feel like God was trying to say to the church. And uh, I wanna close with uh, John 15, 12. I'm sorry if I'm keeping you a little long. We'll be closing here in just a moment. This is Jesus, he's saying, my command is this. So here's another command. He says, love each other as I have loved you because greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And so he's given this command to us that we love each other just like Jesus loved us. And sometimes it's going up to someone and saying sorry. Sometimes it's going up to someone and just forgiving them even though they haven't said sorry. But I, I think as God is saying, as I was saying, God, how are we gonna reach the city this Christmas season? And he's saying this. Start with this first. Let it be an example so that they can see it. And so right now, if you're in this place, if you're in this place and you're saying, I, I got something that I need to give. I got something I'm holding on to. I need to lay it down. I need to go make it right. I want you to lift up your hand because I want to pray over you today. You can put it down. I want to pray over this entire church today. And this is how we're going to close out the service. I know it's a little different. I know it's a little different, but I feel like God's trying to do something in here. And, 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 I, and I pray that it doesn't just fall on deaf ears, but it actually leads to action. And as we go out into this city, and, and, and the greatest example we can have to this city is our love for one another. So I want to be able to pray over you today. And God, I pray over our church we'll just keep it real low right here. We'll just keep it real low. Because I don't want it to be an emotional thing. I don't want it to just be an emotion. Oh yeah, I'm going to love the people. But not ever produce any fruit. And so this week, just close your eyes. Everyone in this place, close your eyes. This week, when you get a reminder to text that person, I want you to text them. To pray for that person, I want you to pray for them. When you get that reminder, I want you to step out and do it because you never know what's on the other side of your obedience. So right now, God, I pray for the people of my city church. God, as your word says, that they will know you are my disciples by your love for one another. God, I pray that we would lay everything down, every single indifference, because love is patient, love is kind. It does not boast, it is not self-seeking. It keeps no record of wrongs. God, I pray that as your church, we would be marked that you are our disciples by our love for one another. God, and I pray that as we unite, as one church, as we unite, I can feel power in that. As we unite, God, overlooking offenses, but also strengthening one another. That it's not just shallow words. It's not just shallow conversations. God, but it's deep carrying each other's burdens, God. Carrying each other's burdens. When people are weak, we have a brother or sister there to pick them up. God, I pray that this would be a church that is marked by a people that care and love for one another within the body. God, that there would be a level of outreach that springs forth. And I speak that in Jesus' mighty name, God that as your church comes together, God, there will be strength and unity. God, there will be strength that we'd be united under no other name but the name of Jesus, God. But as your people, God, who are called by your name coming together, God, I pray for every little offense. I pray for every indifference. God, we lay it at your feet. God, that we would carry one another's burdens and that we would show that love that you said, 
love like I have loved you. God, so I pray that we would throw every single offense aside. God, that we would throw every single difference aside. God, that we would truly love one another and care for one another, God, that no person in this house would feel far from home. God, but we'd be welcome home. We would carry that heart where home is where family is and family cares for one another and family carries each other's burdens. God, so I pray that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Hey, church, we love you guys so much. We're so glad that you're here. Don't forget, you have that invite that was on your seat, but don't just leave it on your seat. Take it home. Invite someone to church. If you're wanting to check out my city, you check out the booth. But other than that, have a great week. We love you guys. So glad that you came into church this day. We'll see you. God bless. Thank you so much for listening today. And we wanna give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.